a lot of surgery. <laughs> you find out. You got a nose job. And everything. So I, my time with my face is done. Listen, there's shirt. a reason Beirut is on your shirt. That's <laughs> where people go for nose jobs. <laughs> and Brazil. No? And Brazil too, yeah. Yeah. I know someone, she got l her lips done, but she's like so beautiful anyways you know what i mean mm -hmm. like uh not that she it made her not beautiful but i just sometimes from time to time i look at her i'm like i wonder why she did that i could ask i guess but it's <laughs> pretty sensitive well I, I think it's interesting whenever you see anybody do any sort of cosmetic work that you've previously thought was already beautiful as is yeah and then it, i think it comes back to whether they think they're beautiful whether they feel like they look good because yeah. we're our harshest critic, right? Yeah. We look at ourselves the harshest. I, I'll look at something and I'll, you know, it's funny, even myself, I watch these episodes all the time and sometimes I'll pick up on something and I'm like, why does my face look like that? <laughs> you know, but somebody else will watch it and I'll be like, do you see that? And they're like, no, I have no idea what you're talking about. And so I think it's sometimes what they see more than what we see. Yeah, I mean, I, you can, I think you can ask though. It's ask just like them. you can't. Well, you can't, it's, it, no, no, no. You just can't ask unprovoked. Like if they bring up, I got a nose job, then you can ask. Yeah, you, want, you can't be like Like say something, like mention the face, and like if by chance, by luck, I guess yeah. she's like. Or if she's oh, God, like, I got a nose job. Like oh, yes, <laughs> now I can ask a question because now now it's not offensive because you yeah. brought it up. Well, yeah, how right? curious are you? Very <laughs> enough. No, to, I. I, I mean, I've known her for a long time. I just saw her too, two days in a row, and I'm like, I guess it just reminded me. I just saw her this week. Okay, but then I'll forget, and then I'll see her, and I'm like, oh, you got a nose job? Or no, sorry, uh, the lip, her lips. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, I don't know. Well, so far, you know, this is being recorded, so yeah, that's fine. I, I, <laughs> <laughs> so you gotta find out now, one way or another. <laughs> I didn't diss her though. No, no, no. <laughs> okay. no but like, if you didn't want her to know that you're thinking about this, now she'll know. Yeah, I guess. I mean, you make life choice. I mean, this could end the friendship. It's fine, I guess. I mean, I didn't say anything. No, you just said you're curious. So you were curious. Yeah, yeah in, a, in, a, in an honest, genuine way. Yeah, because she's like, yeah. so beautiful. Yeah. Just Still, like, is. yeah. Still is. Still yeah. is. Yeah. Well, on that note. <laughs> um, welcome to another episode of the Gents Talk series. Uh, we've got with us, and I wrote some of this down because, you know, when I asked you to, like, send me the bio outside of what I had already looked up. Yeah. There are so many things there, and I think it speaks to how accomplished you are, but how much more you've got coming, which is really cool. But you've been a stand-up comic for years now. Yeah, a long time. A long time. Yeah. But you also won a Juno in 2019, Comedy I Album did. of the Year. I did. Which is a big thing. Yes. You're on, you're a co-star on a Golden Globe winning series called Rami. Yeah. Which won is a Golden Globe. Yeah. Incredible yes. stuff. And you're also a cast member on CBC's Mr. D. I won the last two seasons. Last yeah, two seasons. Okay. Sick. And then there's like 10 to 15 other things that you've accomplished, which are all incredible, but I could spend 10 more minutes just listing all these out. Yeah, we don't want that. <laughs> Dave Merhej. Yep. How are you? Good, how are you? <laughs> oh, you thought I was a <laughs> dramatic yeah, yeah. pause now. <laughs> I was like, that is, I forgot. I was like, yeah, that is my name. Yeah, yeah. that's how you pronounce it. Is, yeah. Yeah. How are you? Pretty good, pretty good, man. Yeah. Pretty good. You were just doing a, a tour. I did. I did too many, I think, cities in a row uh, that I think it burnt me out by the end of it. Yeah. That's what probably, probably. and then a little, too much socializing. Hmm. You're just tired at this point. 
I think I, yeah, and I, I did like a pop-up show on Sunday, and I think midway through my set, I go, I'm tired mm-hmm. in my head. And that's... <laughs> do, you, do you not like crowds? Is that like... Like crowds of people? Yeah. Like while I'm... <laughs> imagine I said while I'm performing, I don't like crowds of people. <laughs> what kind of comedian is this? Uh, Outside of performing, yeah. No, I, no, I don't think so. I don't. I, I sometimes I do, and sometimes I do. I get anxiety from it. If it's if it's if I'm at a place where I don't know anyone and I'm maneuvering through, I'm very very. I get I get that anxiety where I'm like, ah, this is uncomfortable. Like I'm not fully in my body sometimes. Mm-hmm. Like if you turned around and asked me a question, I would answer weird because I'm. You just focus on this. Yeah, yeah like I gotta go through, and then when I find someone I know, then I just I relax. Yeah. Yeah. So what was the reason behind the pop up? Like you decided, we. Did a, I did a show Saturday at the comedy bar Danforth, and you know, um, I think on Thursday we, they they told they said it's sold out, and I, I was surprised. Um, you don't think you're that funny? I, you know, some days no, <laughs> sometimes no. I don't know. You know, people are fickle, and I was uh, then people started to message me and be like, uh, "I can't get tickets. It's sold out." Like they were surprised. <laughs> They were and it's a glitch on the site. Yeah, basically, they're like they're basically saying when they say that I feel I could be looking reading into this is that we didn't think you were gonna sell out, man. Yeah. So we could have waited till a day before. Hey, you sold out. I'm shocked. Why did that? Like you know, what yeah, I mean? that's yeah, what that yeah. message I feel sometimes uh, comes off to me. So I just added like a. I was like, oh, I'll just add a, add a pop up at Tall Boys. I, I I know the owner. He's very supportive of stand up. He has shows there already, and we just did it in the basement there of the bar. Very cool. That's. Uh, but then I realized I was like, oh, I'm tired. So do you? Is the the the, the reason for the pop up purely from a business perspective, or like I, I think what I'm trying to ask is, did you? As a comedian, as an entrepreneur, do you yeah. have a hard time saying no when there's an opportunity business wise? The pop up didn't make me money. I think I made, I was only like 25, I think 20 people. It was a very okay. small space. And um, and I don't think I made money. I think I, I was just wanted to, you know, people, some people asked for tickets, they couldn't come in. It was give more, some people an extra, if you want a show, like yeah. a little show for you. Yeah. And then I get to run my material. Yeah. I, I'm trying to, you know, you'll do 45 minutes, and then within that 45 minutes, hopefully the, I can get 20 minutes of new stuff. So that's what mm-hmm. the whole kind of purpose of this whole last week was when I was in Winnipeg, or last weekend to this weekend, this past. Winnipeg, Montreal, Ottawa, Kingston, Toronto, twice. How much of your skits are on-the-spot improv? Well... I like improvising, okay. so I like the the idea of like seeing like what I can pull from the room and the people there. I like it. I feel very comfortable in that space. I think sometimes more so than what I've written. Do you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. the spontaneity of it is like exciting to me. It feels organic, and it just feels yeah, just kind of like it, it's it's. I, I I don't rap by any means, but I maybe. I, like when somebody freestyle raps something, mm-hmm. it's gotta feel so great. Yeah. As opposed to maybe some of the stuff you've written, if you, even in like a freestyle battle, when you see somebody uh, improvise a line and right, right off the top of their head, yeah, the place like, goes crazy. Yeah, yeah. So it's like, I've always been interested in that in stand up. So I have a set, so I have a beginning, middle, and end, like an idea of it. For sure, a beginning and a and an and a end. I know where it would start or an end, and then in the middle, I'll play with, play with it. And what happens if it bombs? How do you deal with that? 
I mean, at this point, my emotions are uh, pretty are pretty tough into it. Like it still hurts, but not as not a, it doesn't hurt as it used to hurt when it first started. It's almost kind of I guess like dating in a sense. Like after like fortieth time you're rejected, you're like, oh, I know how to take this rejection. <laughs> <laughs> sort of full circle here. You, as a comedian, you're often putting yourself at the mercy of the people sitting in front of you, right? In the sense of like, there's a level of vulnerability of I'm gonna I'm gonna present something to you. Here's my craft. Here's my art. Yeah. How you receive it impacts you. And you've said that you know over the years you've what sounds like numbed it out a little bit, but it's still ultimately at the end of the day you don't leave happy if you had a show that didn't do well. And then add to that you know a relationship that didn't go well and COVID. And right now you've just said you're tired. So you're kind of like your headspace right now is sort of just in what seems like fight or flight mode. Yeah. And, and that kind of, I mean, with therapy that helps it, the ther- therapy kind of gives you the tools to kind of navigate through that. Whereas before it, it would, I would sink more and I would like, I, I wouldn't know how to figure it out. It would just be too painful or I would, I would, make it worse but with therapy you can kind of like get you speak with the therapist and they'll give you the tools and you can just kind of kind of work it out you know it's almost like um having a i think i said this yesterday having like a therapist um you you punch up your mind like you know a writer when you have a script you hire someone to punch it up with therapy i think they just kind of punch up you like the thoughts that you had or if you can't articulate it the best way or you can't figure it out they'll give you they'll give you those tools and they'll give you that guidance and it's like it's reassuring and it just kind of readjusts and and it and it gets you on um the the right path i think that's what i find with therapy and it's like probably i'm exhausted i'm tired so my anxiety's higher i don't have the 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 the, i guess the strength and energy Mm. to 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 get me out of that so yeah. it's like and you combine all those things but I, yeah what are you doing after this i think i'm gonna go lay down i think yeah you're going to, <laughs> to lay down. You have to man just have yeah. to, after this rest yeah absolutely man and it's with breakup it's it's always tough you know you know i was i was in a relationship uh like recently where you know it, it ended and it's t- it's never it's never easy you know what i'm saying especially if you, you both putting yourself out there and it, and it's like the process is tough and it it hurt it hurts i think yeah. and it was something that i i ended the the relationship and it you know it hurt that hurts too you you think sometimes it does you know the you know obviously it hurts for the other person as well but you know you Ending it hurts too, and it's just as much, you know, as much as and as much as you still like care, miss, and love them. It's and if you don't think you're gonna go back, you can't even say that to them because mm. it, it lets them. It doesn't help their process, and that's tough to do. I think because you know, it's sometimes you want to be selfish and get your emotion. You know what I mean? Yeah, was it was it like a I want to break up with you or like I have to break up with you from your point of view? Um, it was a, a, it was my gut. I had this like gut feeling. So like I just, ha- yeah, I just had to like, like just, my this body isn't yeah, what it's supposed to be. Yeah. Reacting in a way. And it's not that I didn't love them or I did, I did, I do, but it was just my body was, and I didn't know. And I tried 
I, I like I genuinely genuinely tried. It wasn't like a thing where I was like I'm, I I I yeah. went back twice. I, I tried my best. Um, but yeah, you communicated I, through that. Yeah, like like you communicated. Oh that, yeah, yeah, like yeah, this I, is a, yeah, yeah. a process you're working through and that kind of thing. And I t and I told them I didn't I don't want to. It sounds wild when you go. I don't want to leave because you're leaving. Like yeah. well, I don't really believe yeah. you. But it was I did. I, I there was a lot of care still there's like a lot of care but it was like i i didn't which makes it so much harder then like then if it's yo you did something i'm off i'm leaving i can't stand you i'm leaving so now it's just like this is something's just not yeah there wasn't like there. a thing you know yeah, like it was just it was like a this drastic is just thing. not what it's supposed to be yeah and that's sucks. Oh, yeah <laughs> and it like which is funny because if you're on the receiving end or or if you're in a scenario where it is drastic you think it's the worst thing in the world but then in time you realize that that was the best way it could have happened not that it always has to be so negative but sometimes i mean we've all been through that where we've had a relationship end in a very drastic and dramatic way yeah and you realize sometimes that yeah you needed that for that to end exactly yeah. that relationship specifically had to end that way otherwise it would have been a vicious cycle yeah, it's like I, I hate that that happened but good thing because now i'm done yeah. like like i mean that's the difference the two yeah. differences of it and i didn't want it to be done no but it just i could i mean i I never you know i felt it today there's some days i'm fine and there's other days like today i felt somber about it or mm. you know and uh, yeah i never wanted to hurt the person at all by any means it was like it wasn't uh, long by any means but there was uh, i had a strong feelings towards them and cared for them immensely and you know loved them a lot but it just i don't know and it yeah, I don't. I don't I, it's hard to, I guess, you know, on their end, I don't know. It's probably hard to understand and be like, well, we could work through it and stuff. And I just, I, I just couldn't. Yeah. And they're not going to take that as like, well, you didn't actually mean you cared or loved me then, because you, you, the end result is you left. But it does suck because you, you know, your mind, yeah. it, for a while, will play tricks. Not play tricks. And you'll be like, did you do the right decision? Mm. Could you have stayed? Could you have tried to work it out? So that brings me to my next point. You do a lot of, like you've done a lot of recent videos on self-talk. You said you read yeah. a book around self-talk, like you've put an emphasis on how you talk to yourself. Yeah. A lot of those questions from a relationship are a byproduct of self-talk. We talk to ourselves more than we talk to anybody else. Yeah. How, firstly, maybe talk, talk us through that journey of realizing the importance of self-talk and how that's changed the way you approach things in life um that first that book was through the therapist and i i i what was the name of the book i have it on my phone it's like rating yourself i have it i i could um yeah i, I don't know i always keep forgetting it and then someone will ask me and i send them the book and i have the picture in front of me <laughs> i forget right away it's like very um well he'll look he'll, he'll look it up while you do that but yeah um it was I, I I probably like for years and years I spoke to myself badly and I think I, I probably brought it up in therapy with the therapist and then she rec recommended the book and as I was reading it I was like whoa I was like wow I really talked to myself badly and then the more pages I went through and the deeper I got into the book I was like this is was not this was so just detrimental and, and not helpful like and the more I read it the more I had an understanding of of how I was treating myself, and I did not want to ever do that again. 
and just yeah i did not want to operate that way so how is there something that you've learned in that that helps you to not go down that hole like if someone was in a position where they talk to themselves quite negatively right now based on your experiences what you've learned from that book the last several years of implementing yeah. this what would you tell someone it's not reality. It's kind of like trauma based. It comes from wherever, you know, I mean, I mean, mine was from childhood of like having buck teeth and warts on my eyes and just not really feeling myself at all. And then the outside world kind of reinforcing that by, you know, making fun of me or something like that. And then you just held on to that. Um, it's like I, I saw a clip from that that Jonah Hill Netflix therapy thing and, and it was the the I can't remember fully what it was but when they were talking about it I was like oh that's what I was doing it's like talking to your that you look at yourself as that kid that was 14 14 when I was in high school and I had the warts and I had the overbite and buck teeth and curly hair I was like that's that's the person all this stuff is coming from not the person who grew up mm-hmm that's what would happen. So that's what I would tell somebody. It wasn't, I was just speaking from that hurt and that pain, not from how I am now and how I grew, how I grew up and I got older. Like, you know what I mean? I'm speaking still from that person who thought he was so ugly or not cared for, or thought that humor had to be the way to get people's attention or to get people to like them. Did you gravitate towards comedy for that reason? Yeah, no, I think I always wanted to entertain. I didn't necessarily stand up. I remember being super young and making fun of my aunt in front of my mom and my mom started laughing. I was like, yo, that was cool. I got something. <laughs> I remember being cool. I mean, it's not cool to shit on someone. Especially when they're related <laughs> yeah. to you. But I remember it, at my grandmother's house, I was just in the, they were all in the kitchen and I was in between them and I did like a little, I don't even know what it was and I just saw how my mom reacted and I was happy it made her and she smiled and I was like, that's a cool feeling. And I always loved like talk shows like uh, Letterman. I always loved award shows like the MTV Awards. Uh, me, I still love Soul Train, like just stuff like that. I was always um, enamored by entertainment. So I wanted to entertain. And I think as I got older, it, it probably became also that too, where I was like, oh, I can, you know, turn whatever this aggression is or anger into humor and stuff so i think it was a mix it wasn't solely like you know people were making fun of me and i was like i'm gonna be a comedian (laughs) show it was like something i've always wanted to do i think um you know my mom would be like i feel you were born with that but moms will say that so you don't really know if it's like real but it's like something i never really had to think about i was like i want to entertain like it just was like yeah it was like really really uh in in my mind it wasn't a thing that I ever had to be like, should I do it? I was like, yeah, I just got to, how do I do it? And I was just always, waiting always, for my yeah. AGM. Yeah. Different time. Trying to come up as a comedian. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you know, there wasn't a TikTok. There wasn't an Instagram. No. There might have been a Facebook, but not even then. The still grind not, was completely different. It's still a grind now, but it's a completely different grind. It's yeah. completely like, I can only imagine even before I started what it was like. It, it, I mean, we had... The now here because I started in Toronto, uh, and then the now magazine would have like mm-hmm. listings of shows. I remember even going across to Michigan to do like free shows, like open mics, and I would have to use MapQuest. <laughs> so I'd have to put the sheet yeah. on the yeah. seat, and I'd have to That's drive crazy. looking like this. And I was like, yeah. great, uh, great. I'm like left. It was. 
now it's like uh, the phone and it, yeah, like yeah, like back. I know, like I know MapQuest, but like I, like <laughs> of it, but like I never had to use it. I wasn't uh, driving. By the time I was driving, it was always. It's I started so driving bad. late though. I started driving late though, so, it's so I, I remember bad, I used to have to print it out for my yeah. dad to to be able to get to places. Yeah. You just have to wait. You just you have to sit there as the printer goes. You're like, oh, <laughs> God, I'm gonna be late, and no clue what traffic is like either. No, <laughs> you're just thrown into the into the wilderness, or just you're thrown into the world where you're like, oh man, there's a snowstorm. Like you knew nothing, dude. You could. It's crazy you, how not that long ago that was though. Yeah, that was. Wasn't that, that was around, um, around for me. It was around Dipset, Hema, <laughs> like Cameron. <laughs> and, yeah, well, that was out, and College Dropout was out. I like that. Like the, the years, people like record time different ways, and by the years, like yeah. by, okay, what songs was popping? Right? I remember Hema was like, yeah. it went off, and it was, uh, oh, oh no, Old oh Boy. Oh boy, that oh, was yeah, that, yeah, 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 yeah. Mike Cameron. That was huge. Yeah, yeah. See, I have no idea what year yeah. that is, but I know that exact time. Yeah. <laughs> it would, yeah. I remember it vividly because I'd watch the videos and then I'd hey, go well, over. Yeah. I'd be in the living room and it was on, and I'd go over to do comedy yeah. in, in Michigan. <laughs> so, you you started off as a comedian, but now you're doing a lot of a lot of acting. Yeah. And, and when we talked briefly before this, you talked about how acting was a, a big passion of yours. Yeah. Oh, I mean, it was, you know, again, it goes down to the entertaining. I was like, I always want to entertain. And I would watch actors and I was like, I want to do that. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, and the, like the, the Denzels, the the Brad Pitts, the Leonardo DiCaprio's. Yeah. It was just like, I wanted to, to get to, I always thought, I was like, I'll do stand up. I'll find my voice. And, you know, I had this dream of like someone who just put me in something. <laughs> like, I didn't really think it through. And then as I got into it, um, it was always the goal at the not the end, but I was like, that's what I'm eventually gonna work towards was getting on a TV show or in a movie. It's like if I can just go in that direction. Got it. Oh, you're there. <laughs> it's pretty yeah, surreal. How does it feel? Very ble- grateful um, and blessed for it, but yeah, extremely blessed for it because you know, I started with you start with a lot of people. You don't know who's gonna stick around, or and even us, we sometimes look at each other. And we're like, man, we st- stuck around. Yeah. You know, a lot of people quit. It's like it's a very hard on your body and your your mental, you know, because you kind of like also start losing people. Like you just start hanging around with entertainers. You mm-hmm. see, you have real friends at the beginning, and then they become we call them civilians for some reason. <laughs> so, <laughs> what are you in the army? <laughs> yeah, my boy's like, yo, I hung out with a civilian, I, and I knew exactly what he meant. I go, oh, you hung out with a non-entertainer. Yeah. How does that feel, right? So it's yeah, and then you just as how. It's dope just to be still doing it more so than the accomplishment. Like, oh, we're still at it. We're still at it. We didn't let it break us yet kind of thing. And do you, so you see this going long-term career-wise? Like this is, do you see yourself ever transitioning out of comedy completely and focusing purely on acting? That's a good question because sometimes I, I do, I love stand-up so much and I think, I said that to some of them, like, yeah, it's your, that's your, that's insane. Because of how much I loved it and do it every, every day if I can. I don't know. I, I, I yeah, I don't. I, I mean, know. there's a world that exists where you can still do both. There's a lot of comedians that yeah. are actors and vice versa. Which I, I do want to do both, but I can see maybe like if I just started to do a bunch of movies or TV mm-hmm. that I could probably, I can see myself just like 
holding off a bit doing stand-up and coming and, and you know finding the time for it but if i was able to shoot a movie every year that'd be so sick you know? a lot of a lot of comedians who make the transition to film tend to transition towards c- comedic films do you see yourself doing comedy films or do you want to sort of increase your repertoire of of skills like um, drama i oh i mean i got to film or shoot a film last year and it was a drama but i never thought i like drama a lot i probably like drama now a little bit more than comedy like i love i'll watch um there's a there's a, the movie fences and there's a scene with denzel and his kid and the kid goes uh i think he goes do you love me and then denzel's like who said i gotta love you and he just goes into this whole monologue and it's so cool i mean yeah. it's sad but it was just like just the the back and forth there's a i watch peaky blinders and there's a, it's a great show that scene with Tom Hardy and uh, Shelby, Thomas mm-hmm. Shelby, where he take the, his kid gets kidnapped, and then he's like, and then um, Tom Hardy's just telling his characters being like, "You're being a hypocrite." He goes, "Don't stand here, you, you know, you, you, you know, how many people have you killed?" And yeah. he goes on, and he yeah. goes, "So stand here like an honorable man." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Tom Hardy kills that role. He, yeah. That was a great role for him. So good. So that stuff I, I like a little bit more now but i mean the first thing i did was a drama which i didn't think i, I would you know I mean, mm-hmm. maybe ideally i thought i would do hopefully i was like man it would be cool to do a a comedy but i i got to do a drama the first time i've done a movie and that was i loved it you're ultimately an entrepreneur so there are days yeah. where like you're very much in that world where if you don't work you don't get paid if you don't yeah. get up and do something like there's no nine to five there's no, no regular paycheck I don't know what benefits are like, but they're probably not. Is healthcare? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's not crazy. I mean, it's good benefits, I guess. But but the point is, is like it's very much what you put in is what you get out. But there are definitely days where you don't feel like putting anything in. What are those days like, and how do you get out of them? Um, that's a good question too. Uh, There are some days, yeah, I don't really like. I can't really put in the work. Some of them are just burnt out, tired, and and it, and I feel like I messed up for sure. I'm like I feel like I'm slacking those, you know. And then I hopefully can muster the energy to to bounce back. But yeah, I do feel it. Like you know, I'm it's it's hard some because you are an entrepreneur every day. Like you know, you have I have agents and managers and stuff. But at the end of the day, you know you are going to push for you more than anyone, even if they're pushing for you and trying to get you work. It's like, you have to keep moving and you have to keep moving the needle. You have to keep creating the buzz and you have to just keep moving forward. So it's a constant thing on my head. It's like, I never rest. You're always thinking about it. I am per se, always thinking about, Oh, when can I put this out? What can I do here? So it's like, it never, it never rests kind of thing. But there are days where I slip up. There's a days I probably could have like read more, probably days I could have went to the gym or, you know, but I was on TikTok for four hours, just looking at videos. So <laughs> it's so, like, it's just so distracting. So distracting. Yeah, I was like, too distra- uh, it's too yeah. distracting. It's too good. Yeah. It's too good. It's, they, they've they really mastered it. <laughs> it's, too, it's just too good. Like if I have a little bit of time, I'm like, I cannot touch my phone because yeah. I know, like we were talking like three minutes turns into five minutes so quickly, yeah. man. It's like if I if I'm on a strict schedule, I'm like, oh, I'm gonna be late. I'm like, I'm not touching my phone. 
like yeah. like I just can't I can't even pick it up for anything because I know yeah. so so and then you know I could have been writing a script yeah it happens I mean I try not to be so hard on myself and 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 be like you messed up and 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 make it make it like uh, somber I go okay you know you had two bad days or you didn't get work done let's try to recoup okay and once you sort of are in that stage and you know you're in that stage because you strike me as someone who knows when they're not putting in the work. Yeah. Are there techniques? Are there things that you specifically do? Some people journal, some people will, because that one day can turn into two days, can yeah. turn into a streak. I don't journal. A lot of people journal these yeah. days. I, it's a it's a thing I didn't know. Or maybe they were doing it and, and I was not listening, but I was like, a lot of people, I even people I didn't even expect would be like, have you tried journaling? <laughs> I go, yeah. it's a cool party i didn't get invited <laughs> to i guess i don't journal um but it's more well, of how like, do you get your thoughts out like oh to write and stuff well no in general because like in those moments obviously there's something that you're gonna do to pull yourself out of that rabbit hole you've just gone into right where it's like you wake oh. up you're not feeling yourself i don't feel like working and then one day turns to two days turns to seven days and you're trying to sort of get back into the um, rhythm, right? Whether it's, it's all he, in here, I think I run it back so much. Mm -hmm. I don't really, you know, my therapist too. She always be like, "Yo, you should write it down." I was like, "Ah, it's all here." <laughs> so I kind of like, but it works for you. It works for me where I'm like, "Okay, okay," and then maybe Tuesday you'll get back to that and stuff like that. Okay, post this here. Like I do it in my head. Like I don't write it down. Mm -hmm. Like the I just it, something clicks in my head where I'm mm -hmm. like, "Yeah, I because I, I don't want to." lose and i want to see the end goal that's like that burns at me more than anything so i can't let myself slip up because i do feel I, i'm not done so that is that's the thing that gets that gets me out if i kind of fall down it's like the laser focus just yeah there's like the end goal i'm not finished i'm not the 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 last page isn't written like i'm not you know even if i achieve something i'm like i'm not it's not done for me yeah so then that pushes me more than anything even if i'm having like four bad days i'm like i'm not i'm not i'm not going anywhere i can't get a i don't want another job and i getting older now like i don't really you know what am i gonna do yeah. you know i'm you know go back to i went to school but i mean like get a job in the field that i graduated from that i never really wanted to do kind of thing so what you study marketing okay <laughs> me too man <laughs> me too man so. so so why didn't you want to pursue that well i guess the answer is obvious but when you say you didn't want to do it but it seems like you did it was that a, a familial pressure my mom my mom was yeah. like can you she's like you can do what you want but can you please get me an education and i went and got our education for both of us i mean but it is very helpful it taught me um structure and it taught me uh planning yeah. you know they got me in a in a routine and stuff so it is very if you know it, it is important to go to school i don't want it to be like you know i think that's like like a narrative too where it's like man you don't need to go to you know mm -hmm. especially if a rapper raps about it too they're like i dropped out of school <laughs> i still see millions and people are like i don't need school it's like <laughs> yeah but you're not drake <laughs> yeah <laughs> <That's> <laughs> what is that <laughs> he's really good at rapping like you can't just take that you know lyric or so i do think it was important i just really loved my mom and i wanted to make her happy and then i went and i had good like um i met good friends there that i have yeah. that you know yeah a lot of people say you meet like your lifelong friends in college yeah it's like my buddies like men in college too like yeah these are my boys for like life yeah i met this is the first time i fell in love with a girl okay was it was in was in college so there was like a lot of like it, it, things that i uh, great memories and stuff and um 
I went to St. Clair College in Windsor, Ontario. And uh, before the pandemic, a classmate of mine was like, hey, man, I'm going to submit you for Alumni Distinct Award or something. And I'm like, what? Well, yeah, but I didn't use my, my diploma. And he's like, ah, it doesn't matter. We're going to put acting in comedy. <laughs> I go, sure, man. <laughs> and then the VP called me later. And he, like, I don't know if it was a month later. And he goes, man, you're in. I was like, oh, wicked. And then COVID hit. So oh. we couldn't have the ceremony, but they did it online. And yeah, it was like an alumni distinct. And um, the, all our pictures are in the hallway, right? Mm -hmm. And then uh, my boy who I went to school with, he works at the college now. And he was sitting across from it and took a picture on his phone and sent it to me. He's like, bro, I'm looking right at you. And I was like, oh, that's so sick. The same hallways yeah, that you walk through that you're, and I didn't even expect that. Um, at all, and then they did another one where it was a premiere of all Ontario or something, and then I, they gave you like a plaque, and it was signed by Doug Ford, and I was like, "Well, I can't use this." <laughs> <laughs> I was like, "Man, <laughs> old Dougie, <laughs> this is shit, man." <laughs> I was like, "I can't even tell anyone about that. I'm gonna get into a political argument. Like, I have to hide it behind the couch. Mom can't bring it out. I'm like, don't bring it out. Doug signed the bottom of it." Fucked. <laughs> no matter what, it's gonna start. It's gonna start an argument. It like, is, yeah. No matter what, dug somewhere in Mississauga, like cleaning up snow. You know I mean? <laughs> um, the relationship with your mom, so close one. Yeah. Did you have a good relationship with your dad? I mean, both are. I mean, my dad is like. Yeah, he, he, he doesn't really say, uh, he says, I love you more now. But I mean, we just knew, I, I, I don't know if it was like an Arab thing. You're just like, my dad loves me, man. He doesn't have to really say it. Yeah. You know, he's still here. <laughs> it was like bare minimum. And then he'd be like, you know, he would fix my teeth. He'd give me money. So in my head, I was like, oh, this is currency, I guess. for. Yeah. But he always, you know, he was always there for us. He, he basically worked and worked and worked so that we can, you know, that I can do this that I can go play. You know what I'm saying? He, he, you know, he helped me get through college. He, yeah, I wouldn't be doing this if he didn't give me the luxury of, and, the, and the comfort to have a dream. You know, he came from Lebanon and built his family and, and his job and he worked really hard in a factory for Ford uh, Motor Company and retired and, you know, allowed us to do this. So it's a, and well, my mom, it's a good relationship, but it's like, you know, she's, she's a germaphobe, extreme hypochondriac, OCD. So some of the stuff and the, and the anxieties that I got was from her. And then you get older and then you try to unpack and you kind of not hold a resentment, but you're, you never, you know, I mean, you, there's an anger there, which, you know, it's not her fault or my fault. It's just like two traumas where, mm, where yeah. I don't know how to articulate it to her that I'm not mad at her. I'm not, I'm not, you know, I love you, but it's like some of the things that, that I had experienced, it's not your fault because you didn't have the help or the therapy for yeah. it. So it's like, you're passing you're the, it to you're us. You're doing the best that you could have done in that situation. Yeah. And affected me, but like it's. It's still, I'm working through yeah. it. So I, I will have some kind of frustration, anger or resentment and stuff and mixed in with love and care, mm -hmm. but they don't. You know, I mean, sometimes Arab parents don't understand that because to them, they're like, hey, hey but I, I raised you. You didn't die. Yeah, 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 <laughs> so yeah. they're like, it could be all immigrant parents. I don't know. They're like, hey, that's yeah, not, you know, we're, we're and good. It's just, I feel like it is like the older generation. I think that's what we're here for. It's like our generation want to stop that. And like, so like going yeah. forward and start telling people, you mm -hmm. know, like, so it's, it's good to 
as much as you know it, it's yeah. still good to fucking hear it. Yeah, my sister started telling my mom about boundaries, and I was like, well, I mean, you're going to an old war. <laughs> <laughs> my mom's like, what? Boundaries? Yeah, what she, are you she, talking about? She's not trying to hear that. <laughs> no, no. Or triggering? Yeah. Mom, you're triggering me. My mom would be like, I don't even know what that means, but I'm like, you know, so it, it's, it's... I think they just wanted... I think their primary focus, like that generation's focus was survival. Yeah. Getting their families somewhere where they can give them a, a fighting shot at something. Yes. The rest, all of these other things that we complain about to them are like luxuries that they're like, <laughs> I don't even yeah, have yeah. the space in my brain to compute this nonsense that you're concerned about yeah. when all I needed to make sure was that I can go to work and put food on the table for you. That's yeah. my, that was my day-to-day. And I think that part, as at least as I get older, and it's it's like for a lot of people, it's the same thing. They're realizing that that's what their parents that that was the lens their parents operated from. Yeah. And so, yes, you butt heads so many times growing up, but in reality, they they were doing it from that perspective. And as you get older, you start to appreciate the sacrifices that were made to get yeah. to this point. Just to, like you said, give you a chance to go out and have fun. Yeah, and, and you know my dad too. It's funny. He'll be anxiety. Anxiety. He always goes anxiety. <laughs> he looks at you like you're crazy. He goes for what? He always says for what? I go. I don't. I mean, I don't have a list, but there's a lot. Like he doesn't. <laughs> yeah. And my sister suffers from it a lot, like a lot growing up and still now. And he'd have to drive her to the hospital because she'd have these panic attacks, and he just like at some point. It was so many times that he'd fall asleep in the waiting room and we'd go show up and, you know, we'd wake him up. He goes, we're like, where's your daughter? He goes, I don't know. Like, he's just been driving her. But there's like this one funny, it's not, I mean, it's funny, but like he like loves her, but it kind of could come off harsh is that he's driving to the hospital, she's having a panic attack and he pulls into a 7-Eleven and she goes, what are you doing? He goes, I need to put gas. <laughs> God. she's having this full-blown panic and she's like okay goes into the 7-eleven has it there the guy or the girl working behind the counter gets a chair so she can sit she's having this panic panic attack she can't stand and my dad comes in goes hi Maddie. and the guy goes the guy person behind the counter goes you know her she goes it's my daughter man he goes 20 on pump five <laughs> just like oh my like, god i'll see you in the car and it's like yeah, to like people who didn't grow up that way, that's like, it is harsh. Mm -hmm. It is cold. It seems like he doesn't care, but it's just like, we were raised that way. Yeah. I'm not saying it's the right way, but I mean, yeah, again, they didn't, they came from, Le like, I just went to Lebanon for the first time and to that, you know, at, at 42 and like seeing where they grew up and he had to leave because of a civil war. You know, it's hard. Mm -hmm. Then you ask them when they got to Windsor, they got to like live and build. They don't have time to, you know. And then my mom, same way, she came to Windsor when she was young. Her family was poor. I don't think she, I think she dropped out of high school. Mm. She ain't got that time to, to try to fix whatever that, we have the luxury. Mm -hmm. Got like therapy, we got healers. Now there's horse therapy. Like, it's just like, you know, we can do what, you, you can go anywhere to get, get help and stuff like that. Do you think I, there's generational trauma? Do you think that exists? I've yeah. heard it many times. I've been very curious about it, especially children of immigrants who come from war-torn countries like lebanon for example my parents same thing they yeah. left lebanon during the civil war came here do you think generational trauma travels through the children and then we carry that in some way yeah 
hundred percent. I mean, I have friends like that as well, that they carry it. I, for sure, that's where the trauma has uh, has come from. Even I don't even like. I, I'm. I go to like. Even when I started going to therapy, I was like, she was like, I'm gonna have. I'm probably gonna say things about your mom you're not gonna like. In the back of my mind, I was like, yo, you better ease up, bro. <laughs> you better. I don't know what you're trying to do here. But you ain't doing that to my mom. It's, it's still that. Yeah. <laughs> I don't trust you, bitch. <laughs> Uh, and it's it's yeah even i was went to a healer and i'm like what am i what am i doing i was doing it and i was like still this uh, hesitation this resistance like i don't know and it's but we do i do have trauma my, for sure my sister does i don't know if my brothers do me and my sister are closer in age but yeah we do because you know yeah i don't know if you we had to kneel when we got in trouble do you know what I'm talking about? I know, yeah. Like so, they, um, and I'm telling this story. I hadn't, I hadn't been to therapy. Yet. I was actually doing. Uh, so at one point, I, I had a podcast with, uh, with a, a co-host Fivos and Ben, who's an actual therapist. So it's called the Beautifully Anxious. So we did, I think, I think nine or ten episodes. It was very short-lived, but. Um, I wasn't even seeing it. This is like four or five years ago. I wasn't even thinking. I wasn't even seeing a therapist, and I was doing this therapy <laughs> podcast. <laughs> and at one point, this is the third episode we were recording. We're in the therapy office where where the therapist he owns the office. He co-owns it, and I'm telling them a story where it's not even a story. I, me, my cousin, my sister got in trouble. My mom and his mom and grandma made us kneel while they were in the kitchen playing cards and had guests over. Mm -hmm. So, and then Sorry, I, well, I'm laughing because it's like childhood. You, yeah. yeah. And then uh, you had to put your hands up against the wall and your ass couldn't touch your feet. So you're doing this and we would always, we'd be against the wall. And then, but if we saw one of us slipping, cause you'd get tired. We'd be like, yo, Danny, man. You're slipping, and he's like, ah, and he's trying to come. And then your mom would hit you if you did go down like that, right? And I'm telling the story because I learned to, to channel it through humor, and they're just not laughing. <laughs> this is like being recorded. And then I think it was my co host goes, That's not, there's pain there. And I'm like, Yeah, like I didn't even know. Yeah. And then we finished. The recording he's like do you want me to take that part out i go no no don't take it out just leave it in and then that's when i asked the therapist i go man i, I should see a therapist mm -hmm. i think it's i think it's, it's i don't a, think it's a I, but i don't think it's like there's there's i i gotta choose my words carefully here i think they were raised that way yeah 100 percent. and you know like my parents when they first came here they were you know, if I did something stupid, they would discipline me. Yeah. Right. But even now, when I look back, I I can't for a single second say that I was physically abused as a child. No, it's not like it a, was like a, a, uh, a discipline. There's, there's the there's that line. Like there the is. Same thing as yeah. like, we used to have like encyclopedias. Yeah. Encyclopedias. The same thing I think with encyclopedias, and mm -hmm. it's just like because it's I think it gets down to how angry the parent is at the time. Yeah. And how much, like, th how they channeled their yes, trauma. Yes, like, 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 or, like, what the parent is really mad at. Like, if, like, if you come in late and, like, they beat, like, the, the dog shit out of you. It's like, may maybe, like, there's something else there. And, like, that's when it's a little different than, like, if you were, let's yeah. say, like, like, you know, 
depending like degree of what it was like you know okay this is like maybe the 15 20th time okay now this situation like now now how like you know opposed to just it's, one time yeah it's like when you see a movie and they're like dad's coming home and he's drunk <laughs> yeah it's like, see that 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 that's that, that like yeah difference. and then the ambulance yeah. shows up it's like yeah. no we just got hit yeah that that's not that's not that's abuse there there is a there yeah, is yeah, a line so it's sorry like, it's the it's yeah. the she would it wasn't like that's why when I would tell these stories, like if you didn't have, grow up like yeah, that, yeah. you just looked at us like, oh, did, should you call, should have you called someone? Yeah. Like, no, why would no. I call someone? She just, you know, my dad, my brother was a fuck up. My dad hit him and hit him in his yeah. ass, yeah. like with his hand, yeah. you know, he knew he messed up. Well, it's not that long ago that teachers in some of these countries would discipline children with like a ruler. Like they put their hand out, they smacked their hand with a ruler. Bro, when I was like not 10, my friend, in the neighborhood, he did something to me, and then the dad brought him over to our house. We all went on the porch, and he slapped the fuck out of his kid. <laughs> he goes, "Say sorry, man," and then he hit him. And we're all like, "It was like Lord of uh, Game of Thrones." We're like, "Okay," yeah. and then we, and he goes, "You good?" I go, "Yeah, I'm good." So what it's, else are you gonna say? Midday. This is <laughs> yeah. not like at night privately. The neighbors probably saw that. They're like, "Why is that family watching another family beat their children?" Uh, it was like it was normal. open season. Yeah. My boy got, he, he did some, and then his dad found him. We were walking, and he goes, shit. He saw his dad drive up, and I'm like, and he's like, so-and-so, come here. And then he went, and all I saw was him go to say hi, and you go, pop. You saw a hand come out of the car, yeah. and it messed him up so much, he went the wrong way. Like, my boy started walking, I'm like, and I let him. I go, yo, he needs to walk this off. <laughs> That's not even the direction we were supposed to go. And this was daylight again. So yeah. and then he his dad went and carried on with his day. <laughs> so yeah. and you grow up now, I didn't think I was like, Oh, he's just disciplined. I didn't yeah. I didn't grow up like my parents beat hit me and abused me. I'm gonna call the police. It's just yeah. like you know, I just gotta be you gotta be careful, I guess, because you didn't have the same experience. Right. So you're you, like you were a byproduct of that growing up and you've obviously now gone the route of therapy yeah when you have kids i feel as though your approach will end up being more on the therapeutic side like the communicative side yeah i would try to like communicate your feelings and stuff like that i would ask my kid uh um, to not make a tiktok video about it but i would be like like, hey man you i I would have that this i would be like you can say whatever Hmm. you know i still you know i I have nieces, right? And, you know, sometimes when I'm speaking to them on the phone, the older one, I'm like, hey, just don't, you feel free to come and tell me anything and talk about anything. Yeah. Don't feel free. You don't have to hide any of it. And she's like, oh, okay, yeah, yeah. It's just like, this is like, there's, you know, if you, you did, always remember there's a discussion you could have. Or just remember your uncle will always be here for you if you need to talk. So it's like, I think that approach is great. Um, and therapy would be great. Now, I, I might, would I spank my kids? I don't, I don't, I don't know. I don't think so. I wouldn't do it. Yeah, I don't think you know, I would either. Not, but I, I think a sternness. There would be a sternness. Exist. I'd be like, hey, you can't, you know what I mean? <laughs> I pay the taxes here. <laughs> Kids are going to be do you five think? years old. This is old. a hotel? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'd be like, I pay. I remember we uh, we got a, my sister got a bird for her one of her daughters for, um, just for a bird, maybe for Christmas. And my dad was heckling the bird. He was. He'd be like this. He'd be like, "Oh man, we have added another person to the family, huh? This this one's not gonna pay any rent for sure." Like something like that. <laughs> full on giggling. I go, "This guy's talking to a bird, bro." <laughs> like, was, 
Yeah, well, you can't, you can't fault the guy. <laughs> After the type of life he's probably put in to, yeah. to get you and your siblings through. Well, his sister left, and he she brought everyone over. Okay. That's how that, yeah. that's, that's how that happened. And he probably was like, he had to be sad to leave, like, Lebanon. I, mm-hmm. Being in Lebanon, how beautiful it is, and, mm-hmm. like, I mean, how vis- visually beautiful it is, and probably... All his people were there. It's and he had to move to Windsor, and there's like snow. <laughs> like, I, I was mad for him when I was in Lebanon. Yeah. I was like, this you, is what you left, <laughs> Windsor. Should even if they moved to Toronto, I'd be like, you moved here. Look at this. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I think again, that just goes back to like, I don't think we fully comprehend what it takes to up your family and leave your home, like. Moving from one part of Toronto to the other part of Toronto is like a two-month escapade of like, how am I going to do this? And that's what I was saying to the energy. You you meet someone and like, oh, man, I had to move to, in Brooklyn. Now I got to move to Queens. And you're like, how am I going to do this? You're yeah. like, I don't know. Get a rental car, a van. <laughs> yeah. it's not even hard. You're not fleeing a country because of war. Yeah, that's a to- <laughs> take that's what a you can. Totally and- different. Like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's insane. I remember my mother telling me a story where she had to go to, she had to drive from Beirut to Damascus. And every day she would make that drive with my uncle to try and figure out when she can get her visa to leave Lebanon because she couldn't get it through Lebanon. She had to get it through Syria. Jesus. Like it's just the insanity of the stories and like her and walking through an airport, no English, trying to figure life out. And it's just like. There's the no English. Yeah. I mean, I can't even. I, I don't even survive in Montreal. I can't speak French, right. let alone. A- <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, but it's incredible when you think of how many people have those stories in Canada. Yeah. Right? And there's just so much of that. So many people who've come in and I, like, I can't fault them for holding on to that trauma because that's all they know. And they yeah. almost they almost live with it because they're it's almost as if if they let it go. What else do they have? Yeah. You know, I see that a lot with Middle Eastern, like older Middle Eastern individuals, just because I could relate more to them. Yeah. I see that a lot with them where they hold on to that trauma because that's what it identifies who they are to them. Yeah. yeah. Maybe motivated them. Yeah. And then you let that go. What do you have basically? Yeah. yeah I didn't even look at it that way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You, you recently posted a video about toxic masculinity. We we're we're sort of very like we're, particularly interested in that topic because there's like what it means to be a man today yeah is so like there's so many variations of that there's so much noise when the majority of men just in the middle want to just be a better man yeah it's i I remember speaking to a healer about uh like on the phone i would speak to her a bunch of times and I was I think I was pitching a joke to like a premise mm-hmm. <laughs> All right, listen, let me tell you something yeah she didn't know if it was a premise but I was telling her that I, I I think like men and women got used to a certain like uh stereotype of each other mm-hmm. like um, um uh you know man is supposed to take care provide be like the like you know protect and all that and not cry or whatever and then you know and it's like when uh that uh, the girls are or guys are like oh girls don't like nice guys mm-hmm. stuff like that or or it's like if the guy cries too much or he can't take care of you i mean it's just in in us it's been built 
you know like mm-hmm. he, sometimes you can't even help it like uh, and i was telling her that and she goes you know i i married my i think she married her college uh boyfriend but she's never been with this man for so long and she goes downstairs and he can't see her he's watching a demi lovato video on tv and he's crying mm. he can't see her she's behind him and then she goes to herself who's gonna save us right like mm. and it's like that why you know what i mean like he's crying like you know what i'm saying yeah, like yeah, maybe yeah. subconsciously she's like yeah who is gonna why is this guy crying yeah, <laughs> not yeah, on yeah. purpose yeah. yeah she doesn't think he's weak or that you you know that she can't protect the, the family but it's like i think it's the relationship we've built that when you when you go now what is the idea of of what a man should be like you know i don't i i particularly think it's it has nothing to do with like strength or working out or being tough or fighting it's more of like can you take care of your people can you if you are in pain can you express that Mm -hmm. can you be more open with yourself and people can you go hey i am weak now i'm not doing well like that to me is a safer place to be and a healthier place to be because the other way i don't think you're going to get it out especially men i think men yeah. kill themselves a lot because they i feel i can't i'm not a man i can't get this out but and then for what then you're dead you didn't do any good for any you know what i mean for yourself by but if you were able if there was enough comfort for you know men to express themselves that way i think it should be more healthier it's like when you when sometimes you're, you're when I'm speaking like this, a girl will be like, "Yeah, you don't even really see guys talk like this. This is good. It's like we mm-hmm. oh, that's not good. We got to normalize. It, sh- it shouldn't be. Like it a shouldn't thing. be that. just like yeah, regular yeah. conversation. It's like feelings. Have that safe space. Like having yeah. But then you get like you and I see it with my brother. They'll watch TikTok and then some guy will come on who has his page. Like you'll see it, and I'm like, I'm not knocking it, but it's just like it sounds crazy. It's like this is what you got to do, man. A girl leaves you, you get in the gym. <laughs> you get big, and then you get other girls, then you get a car, and then you fuck a lot of girls. And then you're like, well, okay. And But I'm still hurt inside. Or there was no, no, that's, not resolved. Resolved. that's not exactly. going to solve any problems. But there, there was one guy, and it sounded crazy. And I was like, I can't believe I'm watching this. He goes, and he's talking to other people, but it's only on him. He goes, he goes I don't cry. <laughs> no, but you shouldn't cry. Ain't no woman want a man to cry. Once you cry, you weak. And then somebody said something was like, I don't cry. And I go, that's crazy. Yeah. But it could be true. I mean, there are women out there that probably are like, he's crying. I, I don't like 100%. this. 100%. But I don't want to. I don't believe the majority of women right, think no, that no, way. No, I don't think majority. But yeah. there definitely are. Because there's, yeah. there's always people on the spectrum. Like, people yeah. want to think both ways it's, of everything, right? It's like, if it gets, I've heard girls say it too, and guys, probably, if it gets too if you can't pull yourself up i think sometimes it's not attractive sorry when it's like you're too anxious you're too depressive it's like you can't pull yourself up because i've i've ran into that with girls and i've had a girl tell me this is too taxing so then you just don't feel now you got to find a balance but isn't it like but if it was the other way around you wouldn't be allowed to tell her that it's too taxing because she's being emotional it would be no i don't think i would ever do that no I mean, I would ever do that because. Why not? Because I'm, I'm, I, because I, I. But don't you owe it to yourself to say that it's ta- that the way she's behaving is taxing for you, or the way she's a, feeling is is taxing. 
Yeah, I mean, it would have to get to a certain pu- push for me because, again, part of me is like, I'm like that. I need to yeah. get myself, I might express myself that way. I run the idea over and over. So if someone was doing that, I could have the understanding of like, oh, I do it. I, I don't want to say taxing is such a discouraging it's thing like a to burden. say. Like, it's a burden. It's a burden. It's, like, like, it's, 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 it's taxing. It bothers me. I hate, people don't like taxes. Like yeah, they hate it's taxes. Just like, oh, yeah. taxes. I, I was, I'm dealing with that now, and it's <laughs> yeah. stressful. I hate it. And I just kind of said to myself, fuck it then. Now I'm scared to even... So what is the level for me? Like like how... How, how far can I go? How emotional am I allowed to be in the situation? How often? Yeah. Is the question. And then it's hard. It's like I've had girls say to the like, I don't want to put... I don't want to take on my partner's emotions and vulnerabilities as much as I did in the past. Once you say that, that puts me in a, uh, what, yeah, what position is that going to put me in? See, when I hear stuff like that, though, I think that that's a person who hasn't quite rectified or come to terms with their own emotions. That's what I because mean. They but think it, that they, they have no baggage. They have no, everybody has, right. Everybody has emotional shit they're going to be dealing with. So yeah. You're going to sit there and say, you can't bring errors, but... It means they've got no room. Reason why you don't have any, like we can talk about our yeah. emotional I think like baggage together. Heavy, for, whatever the case was, I remember it. Be, I remember it being like I got scared. I was like, "Well, I'm I'm fucked because <laughs> I'm so emotional. <laughs> this is not good." <laughs> Perfect. You know what I mean? Like I, I, I and, Well, that's how you know it's not meant to be, then. But it's still funny to be like, uh, "No, no." But then later it was like once it got deeper, I brought that back up, and they're like. Well, no, I, I don't know. You, I could change. But I'm like, well, I mean, no. I don't know. I mean, I already, I already, it's it's not that it's too late. It's just like, well, already in my head, it's like, I don't know. Now I don't know what to do, what to bring. And then you start hiding stuff. Yeah, which is right? never a good thing. And, no. and I think that like if you're, in, if you're about to enter a relationship or you're in a relationship with someone that you care about, they care about you. If you're going to start it off or implement this restriction of yeah. you 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 limit how much emotional output you you share i mean we're all adults we've all lived yeah. a life to this point so you've had your ups and downs through your life the person that you want to spend your time with should be able to take those on and i'm not saying that you have to dump all your baggage on them but because that's where therapy comes in that's yeah. where friends come in like you don't rely on the one person for everything your emotional your sexual your your life desires all that stuff but you should be able to at least talk to your partner yeah. when you're having a really shitty day I'll, I'll give you this example if if they were stuck in the house for three months that could be taxing i get that mm-hmm. i would even be like well i mean i should go get better help yeah but i mean that's i mean those cases is fine in those cases if my partner's like i can't do this i go yeah i, I don't want to do this to you mm-hmm. but i mean th- that's a you know, that's like, mm. it doesn't happen all the time. It could be death or whatever, you know, that. Yeah. But I mean, when you hear things like that, especially for me, I'm, I, I run the same thing in my head a bunch of times. So I'm like the worst person to be with then. You think, if you're, you think, okay, maybe I am taxing. Like, you don't want it like... Well, no, just like if, let's say, I have an issue or an anxiety, mm. I'll play that in my head for three weeks. Most people can just, like, get past it or whatever. I don't. And I'm so when someone tells me that, like, they can't take on certain <laughs> emotions... I don't know if that's gonna. I don't know if it might not work for you. Because <laughs> I'm, I'm the worst. Like in that, I'm like gonna be fixated on it. Mm. Yeah, like you know, music. Even me, it's like it runs through my head like yeah. constantly, constantly. Sometimes I'll leave me like 
think about it again today. Like, you know, I have to catch myself. It's like, oh. Yeah. That's how I work it out, though. But again, it's like, yeah, I don't know. I, um, and then you get, when, I think when you're younger, you go, you might, maybe, I don't know, you might wait around. Oh, I guess wait around. But I, as I got older, I'm like, well, I mean, I don't know if that were, if, I don't know if that's a fit then. I don't know if that's going to help us both. Yeah. That's only going to aggravate you, maybe, or you know what I'm saying? And then it's going to make me not be really truthful with you if there are restrictions. Yeah, yeah and, and, right? and you want to be a little more selective, especially as you get older. But right? don't you want to, like, I think I had told this to one girl, too, is like she was very, like, hesitant with her vulnerability. I was like, it, it's, a, it's a shame because, like, if there's restrictions, I mean, the beautiful part about it is the more vulnerable we're with each other, more beauty that's going to come out of Absolutely. it. Agreed. So if there's restrictions, I'm not being the best, uh, you know, I'm not giving you 100% by that, by that, because I'm like, oh shit, I don't want to piss you off. Yeah, so yeah, I yeah. Do, So what are we doing here? Don't you want like the most honest and beautiful, authentic we, version yeah, we of each, each other, other so, so we can yeah. grow each other? Because the best relationships are built yeah. on that. But I don't knock the person. I don't because you're right. It's like maybe I don't know. I don't know what if they're fully developed. I don't know what happened in the past. I have yeah. no idea. But at that point, then that just means that they probably should not be in something serious. Yeah. Because they're only bound to hurt you and themselves in some way or another. Yeah. And then it's just not good for anybody. Exactly. Yeah. Well, that was like an hour. An hour. Wow, went by. Flies. Did I? Yeah. What do you got coming up? I mean, I'll tell you this. I didn't really expect to talk about my relationship. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the Gents Talk I never, I never spoke about it, really, uh, at all. But <laughs> it was the most, you know, it was on my mind. So I'd rather have gotten out for, you know, to Thank get an honest, sharing. like, yeah. you'll get an honest as opposed to me talking about something else where it's not aligned with what's happening yeah. and stuff. But what do I got going? Yeah, what do you got going on? <laughs> Firstly, thank you for sharing all that. Appreciate no, I, I, man, this is such a good space and welcoming space to do that. I appreciate so that. That's, Thank you. That's, uh, that's, the, that's the goal. Like yeah. You want to yeah. just be safe space. We just talk and just feel comfortable. It's yeah. very beautiful. Talking about whatever. I it's honestly mean it, man. It's very, very beautiful to be able to discuss this. And it's like a lot of, you know, comics in that we know in the last few months have taken their lives, man. Mm. You know what I mean? And, and some have, have died other ways but it's like yeah if, if you i don't know if they were talking to somebody so mm. it's like you know it's, it's very important to have these kind of uh, platforms to do that especially especially men absolutely 100 percent. and then what am i have <laughs> <laughs> so what do you got going I'll, on? I'll be at the just for laughs jfl vancouver february 16th doing my own show if you go to their website you can get um tickets to go and then i'll be february 11th at union hall in new york 7 30 okay. doing my own show there um and uh sundance this movie i was uh in with daisy ridley and a bunch of other amazing beautiful people called sometimes i think about dying mm -hmm. which was a short that became a full-length feature that is premiering at sundance uh january 19th and if you go to sundance i believe dot org I think you can get, I think you can actually see it uh, on like from, from home, like online. Mm. If you don't, if you don't want to go to the actual event. Incredible. Uh, Dave, thank you so much for coming. Thank you. Thank you for sharing your story with us. Oh no, my pleasure. Courage. Thank you. Man. Appreciate it. Thank you. <laughs> thank you everybody. Mm -hmm.